Hello, and welcome to the Coastal Church Audio Podcast. In this weekly podcast, you'll be inspired and equipped with the power of God's Word to live an overcoming life. In this week's teaching, we are going to learn how to strengthen our relationships built on the foundations of trust. And now, for this week's message. Building Trust in Others is our title. If you missed last week's message, I encourage you to go back, get it on the podcast. We talked about trusting God, trusting a God we couldn't see. The just shall live by faith, the just shall live by trust. There were three big points that we covered last week. Really quick, just to review that. One of those points was that God is good. God is strong. If you want to trust someone, you want to make sure that they're strong, they're able. I gave the illustration last week that if I was to fall off the stage or fall backwards and I wanted somebody to catch me, I would pick somebody that was strong, that was able, and could catch me. Then secondly, I would pick somebody with good intentions. God is strong, God is able, but always God's intent is good. God is a God of love. His intent is good. He doesn't want to hurt you. He wants to love you. So if I was to fall, I'd want somebody whose intention was good. They wouldn't say, oh, Dave, I know I'm strong enough to do this, but uh, let's just see what happens if you miss, you know. And so you want somebody whose heart was good. And then thirdly, you want somebody with a good track record. God has an amazing, amazing track record. God is good. His intentions are always good. And he's got an amazing track record. That was last week. Earlier on in the month, we talked about that trust or faith operates by love. There's a verse in Galatians that says faith works or is operated or is energized by love. And trust is energized by love. So as we go through this message this morning, understand that the background program, what drives all this or what energizes all this is love. It's what fuels trust. So keep that in mind as we go through it. There's a lot of benefits to trust. I want to give you just a couple of benefits before we go into what characteristics or what behaviors should I have if I want people to trust me. Our bulletin says, trust me. The title on the screen was, trust me this morning. And we want others to trust us. What is the benefit of trust? What does it produce? Well, one of the things, it produces a bedrock for foundation, whether it be our relationship with God, whether it be our relationship with others, it's the bedrock. It's the foundation for relationships. When that's broken, relationships break down. So it's foundational. Trust is foundational. Secondly, It's a cure for loneliness. Recently, Vancouver Foundation did the study of what's going on in our city. And the number one problem we have in our city is not homelessness, not that we don't have enough food to eat. The number one problem is loneliness. We have a greater problem of loneliness than other cities do. And so if we have a problem with loneliness, to back this train up even further, that means we have a problem with trusting. Because trusting is the bedrock to relationships. And people find themselves lonely with other people in their life is because they're not trustworthy. Others don't trust them or they don't trust others. But somewhere, this area of trust is really important for us to not be lonely and have good relationships. That's a little hard to swallow as Vancouver writes. There's nobody amening here this morning. Just kind of looking at me like, oh, that's hard to take. But let's just, let's just face it. This is an area that we need to work on is to build trust if we want to have great relationships. And then also, a a key benefit to trust is that it can grow. It can get stronger and stronger. There's a verse that says, ever-increasing faith, ever-increasing trust. This book here, the Bible, the B-I-B-L-E, yes, that's the book for me, the Bible, it is, it's a book for you too, but it's, it's a great book. I think this is the greatest instruction manual on trust. 
You can go buy self-help books, books on leadership, etc. But all the key principles, all the key truths that they put in there, you can find all of them here at the headwaters. This is the headwaters for trust. God is a God of trust, of faith, and all those principles are right here in his word. So we'll look at some of those this morning. Another benefit of trust is when trust is high, things move smoother. When trust is low, there's a lot of friction. Your car has a set of brakes, and brakes work on friction. And when you apply the brakes, friction happens around the rotor or on the drum, and the car comes to a halt. If you're really hammering your brakes, your car stops really quickly. And when there is low trust, there's high friction, and relationships come to a grinding halt, and you don't go forward. When there's high trust, things move smoothly, and costs come down. So actually, one of the benefits of trust is prosperity. Can I say that word? Prosperity. Companies that are trustworthy prosper. Families that are trustworthy prosper. Companies that don't, aren't trustworthy, they don't prosper. So one of the big benefits of trusting is prospering in our relationships, in our health, in so many different ways. It's a benefit of trust. And then another benefit of it is peace. Because if I trust someone, I'm not anxious about it. I'm not worried about it. I trust Cheryl. I trust my wife. I don't have second thoughts. Uh, you know, I, I don't I have to go on her, her, her email and read her email. I don't have to, I don't have to check out her Facebook because I, I, I just trust her. I don't have to check if she says she's going to do something. I don't have to think about it. I know she's going to do it. You know, I don't have to think, well, if, she, if I do this and she's going to do that and she's going to do that, okay. I don't have to think about all the permutations and combinations. I can just, I can just be at ease. That's a huge, how much energy do we burn up because we don't trust somebody? But if we trust, it's like, ah, there's a peace there. A lot of benefits in trust that we can get into this morning. Now, for every mile of road, let's say this middle center row here between the two sets of pews is the middle of the road. That's what we would call smart trust. Uh, and we have discernment here. Aren't you glad for the Holy Spirit? When it comes to trusting, I'm so glad for the Holy Spirit and for the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit is the discernment of spirits. Sometimes it sounds really good, but in your heart, it's going, something's not quite right. And you discern a different spirit at work, and that helps you to trust or to be careful in a situation or do more due diligence. So, but anyhow, in the middle is smart trust, and uh, we trust grows. And uh, we, there's a smart trust. Then on one side of the ditch is blind trust where you're naive or gullible. You just would believe anything. And then the other side of the ditch is something where it's distrust. You, you wouldn't trust anyone. Here you trust everyone. There you wouldn't trust anyone. But in the middle is what we call smart trust. So that's where we want to be this morning. I need your help today, so if you have your smartphone with you, uh, pull that out, and we're going to put up a question on the screen here in just a bit, and if you want to help us, you're welcome to do that, but we'd like your participation, and the question is simply, what characteristic or what behavior do you think makes someone trustworthy or 
what would cause you to trust that person. So we're going to put that up on the screen there, and then you can text in. They'll give you a number to text, and then you'll just type in, trust me, and that number or that response that you have. So they'll put that up there. There it is. What makes a person trustworthy? So this is uh, participation from the congregation this morning, and uh, here's what you need to do. So the number is 37607, so that's the number you're going to text to, and then you'll write in, trust me, and then text whatever it is. So if you think... Well, if somebody's honest, then I think they're trustworthy. So you would put trust me and then the word honest. So go ahead and then throughout the message, we'll just be putting those up. And we want your participation. We'll learn from each other this morning. All right. So number one is honesty in your notes. If you're taking notes, you can put down that word. Honesty is the number one ranked uh, key for being extending trust. If, if somebody's not honest, that breaks trust. So that's a huge one. If you have time, put that up there. Oh, you guys are good. You got one up there already. Steadfastness. One minute ago, that went up there. That's good. So go ahead and fire some more up there. We'll come back to them as we go through the message. You guys can do two things at once, right? You're, we're multitaskers in this generation, right? Okay. Number one is honesty. Look at your verse there, 1 Peter chapter 3, 10 and 11. For the scriptures say, are you ready for this? Fasten your seatbelt. If it's conditional, there's a big if on it. If you want to enjoy life and see many happy days, quick vote. How many want to enjoy life and have many happy days? All right. Most hands are up. For those who didn't put your hands, we have prayer afterwards because that's not normal. (laughs) Not to want to enjoy life and have many happy days. So if you want to have many happy days and enjoy life, well, let's find out what the if is for. If you want this, keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. Wouldn't you agree that one of the biggest reasons people will not trust and makes for miserable days is if trust has been broken. So lying, not telling the truth, is huge in breaking trust, the opposite in keeping trust. Uh, Just a quick quiz while we're on this. What are the Ten Commandments? Which one of the Ten Commandments is thou shalt not lie? Do you remember that? We did this. Can somebody tell me? Nine. Do you remember that? Lying nine. We had that little corny uh, video that we showed, lying nine. Uh, Let's just review some more because we've learned the Ten Commandments. Uh, Anybody remember what number eight is? Thou shalt not steal. Remember the guy that had the mask in the figure eight? You know, that was number eight. Anybody remember? What's number six? This side. I need some participation. Number six, the sixth commandment. Thou shalt not kill. Yeah, six is a little bomb, right? And the fuse is lit. The top of the number six is a fuse. Thou shalt not kill. So anyhow, that was another message. (laughs) And we went through the Ten Commandments. Number one, honesty. Keep your word. We have some more results up there. Oh, we do. We're going really quick. Reputation is connected to being trustworthy. Integrity, consistency, being faithful, transparent. Oh, we're going to cover a lot. These guys are good. You All right, let's go, because this is good. Number one is honesty. Keep your word. Uh, You know, in keeping your word, it's good when somebody says, hey, can you, have you ever had somebody come to you and say, I want to tell you something, but you've got to promise not to tell anybody? I've had people come and say that to me, and then I'm, oh, okay, promise not to tell anybody. But before I can say, yes, I promise not to tell anybody, I really need to figure out what they are going to tell me, because otherwise you paint yourself into a corner. And so before you make a commitment, make sure you know what you're committing to. And every time you make a commitment and keep it, you actually, of course, build more trust. And then it's important when being honest, it's more than just telling the truth. 
it's leaving the right impression. Because it's possible to tell the truth and leave the wrong impression. There's a gal, a gal by the name of Shelley Lazarus. She's a CEO of a very big advertising firm called Oglivly and Mather in New York. 18,000 employees. And she said this, the people who I have trouble with are people who tend to not give me full information. They purposely leave out certain parts of the story. They distort the facts. They told me some truth, but they didn't tell me everything. They left part of it out. She said, those are the people that I really wrestle with. And they're not completely honest. So you can be, when we're honest, we want to be, we call it straight talk. Don't just tell me part of it. I'm trusting you. So I'm trusting you told me everything about it so that I can act accordingly. Uh, We don't want to put the spin on it. We want to be straight. Leave the false impressions or distort. So that's number one. We have more up there. Uh, Comforter, more than words. They have action. Do what they've committed to. Keeping your word. Boy, those are coming through really loud and clear, especially for the one on honesty. Okay, number two is reliability, being consistent. That was up there, consistency. If you're writing notes, the word is reliability. Establish a good track record. Look at Ecclesiastes 9, verse 10. Ecclesiastes 9, 10. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. Your hand will find something to do today. Your hand will find something to do tomorrow. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. Do it consistently. Establish a track record, and people trust you more. When you go to a reference, and you hand in a reference for a job or whatever, what are they looking for? They're looking for a track record. The better the track record, the more trust is extended to you. This is huge for building up trust, and being trustworthy is to establish a good track record. Be reliable. Deliver results. It's the quickest way to convert the cynics is to deliver results consistently. Very important. Uh, Don't overhype. Don't oversell yourself. Just get the right things done. Don't make excuses for not delivering. This is huge for building trust in others. Number three is respectful. What else we got up on the board? Kindness and honesty. We're going to get that. Track record. Somebody got that as well. Comforter. Okay, there will be more that will be coming up there. The word you're putting in your notes is respectful. Honor others and demonstrate kindness. Being respectful, being kind is huge. Look at Colossians 3 verse 12. It's there in your notes. Since God chose you to be holy people, he he loves. Look at this next part. You must. It's not optional. You must. So whenever I see you must, I don't really, I, I can't, I have to do this. You must what? Clothe yourselves with, clothe yourself. We got up this morning, we chose what to wear, right? Oh, I got up in the morning, do I wear these pants, do I wear these shoes, do I wear this hat? And I, I made a choice what I was going to wear. And this is, you have to make a choice what you clothe yourself with. Somebody once said, oh, Christianity is just a big put-on. Well, you're, you're kind of right. It is a put-on. Every day we choose to put this on. We choose to put on tender mercy. We choose to put on humility, kindness, gentleness, and patience. Folks, this stuff is super, super attractive. And when there is kindness, when there is courtesy, when that is extended, when that comes from you, other people lean into that and they extend trust to you. It's huge. Very important in extending trust. It says, with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. It builds trust in a culture when we're kind, when we're caring. 1997, in Washington, D.C., three Starbucks employees were murdered. And Howard Schultz at the time said, I need to do something about this. He got on a private plane, 
got there as quick as he could, met with the police, met with the families, met with the community, and he just was there for a week at that community. It did something to the culture of Starbucks. Now, he couldn't do that for everybody, but he went there for them, and he demonstrated that it was more about making money, it was more about profits, that I really care about the employees of our company. And what happened was they realized that this culture here in this company, they really care about me, and so people tended to trust them more as they worked for that company because he extended kindness and he cared. He demonstrated that. And one of the things, the opposite of this, is when, if we would gossip about somebody. Proverbs 16, 28 says, A perverse person stirs up conflict, and a gossip separates close friends. Would you agree with that? Does gossip just separate friends? If somebody has said something about you that was negative or untrue, gossiped about you, and then you find out about it, what does that do? It separates you. It breaks down trust. So very, very clear here what builds trust and what separates trust. Uh, number four, we have more up on the screen. Vulnerability, that's a huge one. How many know trust is being vulnerable, right? Yeah, it's a risk to trust somebody. No ulterior motive, yeah. No hidden agendas. Genuineness, sincerity, we'll talk about that in a bit. Accountability, that's a huge one. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a bit. Let's go. You guys, are, you guys read my notes. You, you, you've already done this. We ought to do this more often. You know, I don't have to do any more homework. I'll just put up the question, and you guys bring the, and we'll just talk about it. So that's good. All right. Number, number four, transparency. Be genuine and authentic. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. Now, thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. Now, notice this part of the verse. And through us, through you, through me, through your neighbor, through us, he diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. So there's a fragrance that comes from us. Do you know, if you are trustworthy, people sense it. There's, there's just something about you that I sense I can trust that person. I should have put this up on the screen. But I came across this picture when I was studying for this, and this guy had a, a picture of a face that was kind of neutral as far as being trustworthy. Then on the other end of the spectrum, here's a person, the same person with different expressions, and you wouldn't want to trust him. And then he had different expressions, and you would want to trust him. It was just what kind of was coming from that person. On our earlier service, when people were putting these up here, they said one quality that would cause them to trust someone is a good haircut. And, and we, we kind of chuckled when it went up there, a good haircut. But then, then we got thinking about it. We thought, you know, there's a lot of truth to that. Because someone who takes care of themselves, who loves themselves, is more trustworthy. Because if you don't trust yourself, it's hard for me to trust you. If you love yourself, you trust yourself. If you don't trust yourself, that, that leaks out and others don't trust you. That kind of gets right down to the nitty-gritty. But if we love ourselves, care for ourselves, it's reflected, and people step up and trust us more. So it was kind of funny when it went up, but there's a lot of truth behind it. Uh, Transparency, being genuine, authentic, it diffuses a fragrance of his knowledge in every place. Uh, Not being silver-plated, being genuine through and through, being transparent. If we're transparent, which we're talking about, that means... If it's transparent, that means the light can shine through it. These windows are transparent. Light can shine through it. But if it's dark, then something's hidden. 
And if we, we're hiding something, then we tend to distrust that person because they're hiding something. They're not transparent. Or if they are, um, what's the word I'm looking for? If, they, if they're a counterfeit, if it's an illusion, it looks to be real, but it isn't real, then we, we don't trust that person. I have been, I hate to admit this, but I have been conned more times since I lived in Vancouver than my whole life combined. And I, I've been here for 20 years now, but I, I, I've been fooled. I thought the person was transparent. I thought it was genuine. And I extended trust to them that, man, I got, I got burnt. And I've, I've become more discerning and having smarter trust. But there's been times I've been fooled. Because, and the reason I was fooled is because I thought they were transparent. And I thought they were coming across as really clear. Then as I, I can think of a number of cases, and especially some that were even, uh, one, one person that comes to my mind, they, another individual at church said, you know, Dave, be careful. Here he is on the front page of Vancouver Sun, so just be careful, and for what he did in the past. And where that person ended up, his, his life was the opposite of the benefits of trust we talked about. A number of years ago, I had a guy came to our church to speak. His name was Tommy Thomas. And Tommy is a preacher from Texas. And his dad was really, really famous for all the wrong reasons. His dad's name, you can Google him, was Titanic Thompson. That was the, the, the nickname he was given. And Titanic Thompson was an incredible athlete, but he was also a great con artist. And the, he conned people because they looked like he was transparent and authentic, but he was always fooling people. Uh, he was an amazing golfer, and he could have been a pro golfer, but he, he chose not to be a pro golfer because he could make more money gambling and swindling people than he could be on the circuit. And Ben Hogan said, he beat me. He was a better golfer than I was, but he didn't because he could make more money because he could golf left-handed and right-handed just as well. And so he'd golf right-handed, and then last hole he said, you know what, I'll bet you everything, and I'll do this stroke on left-handed. And, of course, he would win. And uh, he, would, he conned Al Capone. He said, do you think I can throw this lemon over this building? And he said, no, you can't do it. But he, he'd weighted it with, with lead, and he could throw it over the building. And uh, another time he was with his friends, and this watermelon truck comes up, and he says to his friends, you know, let me buy a watermelon, and they're eating the watermelon. And it looks all genuine and real. And he says, you know what? I bet you I could tell you how many watermelons are on that truck. And they said, oh, no, no way you'd ever guess it. He said, I'll guess it within five. And they said, okay. He says, 413. They pull all the watermelons off. There's 400 and it's a big bet. They pull them all off, 415 watermelons. What, what they didn't know, he was, the day before, he had bought the guy off and had him count the watermelons and told him to drive by the truck at the right time, and he had it all figured out. Another time he said to these people, he said, I could drive a golf ball 500 yards. He said, no, that's impossible. He said, I'll do it. He said, well, when are you going to do it? He said, just wait, I'll do it. And so when it got really cold in winter and the lake froze over, he, he hit a golf ball onto the lake and it skidded over 500 yards. And, and so he was, but the end of the story is his, as Tommy, his son told us, he died alone, he died broke with none of the benefits of trust because it wasn't trust, it wasn't transparent, it wasn't real. And people, once it got burnt, he had to go from town to town living this lifestyle, and what a, it was a miserable life. Five marriages. It wasn't, it wasn't life. If you want to have good life and long days, like we heard earlier, trust really is a key to it. All right. Do we have any more up there? I'm telling too many stories here. Recognize their mistakes. That is a big one. We're going to talk about that one. How the, ooh, this is good. How they treat their parents. Hmm. 
That's a good one. 2499, whoever you are, that was a good point. That's so true. I, you know, when guys come to me or gals and they're going to get married, one of the things I say, is, can I trust this guy? Can I trust her to marry? I said, one of the questions we ask is, well, how do they treat their parents? Because the way a guy treats his mom is a good indication of the way you're going to be treated. And by the way, the way the guy treats his younger sister is a good way you're going to be treated. If he dishes her off and treats her as, as nothing, uh, you might want to be careful about that. So, yeah, whoever put that up, that's a good little, good little nugget right there. Recognize their mistakes. Okay, let's go on. We are at number five, which ties in with that. Forgiving. Forgiving. Recognize your mistakes. Be quick to make up and make it whole. Look at Colossians 3.13. Make allowances for each other's faults. Next week, it's going to be a big week. Invite some friends, because next week we're talking about how to restore broken trust. And we've all been betrayed and hurt. So what do we do with that? How to restore it? How do I, how do I take care of that? This verse talks about making room for each other's faults. Jesus is perfect. We're not perfect, okay? We're going to make some mistakes. We have to cut each other some slack. So this verse talks about make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. So being quick to say you're sorry makes you more trustworthy. Do you trust someone who, when they make a mistake, won't own up to it? They'll blame it on somebody else. They take no ownership for it. Do you trust that person? No, you shy away from them. But if somebody steps up and says, you know what? Yeah, I'll take responsibility for that. That's my bad. I shouldn't have done it that way. And then also they take another step and they want to make it whole. What do you do? You extend trust to that person. In 1982, Tylenol had a crisis on their hand. Somebody had got into some of the bottles and they put cyanide in there. And there were seven people that died from, in Chicago from these, uh, these tablets that were corrupted. And so Tylenol, parent company, Johnson & Johnson, at that time was 17% of their income. They, they did what other companies didn't, hadn't been doing. They had a total recall. It cost them $100 million. They brought everything back in, and they stood up, and they said, you know what, no matter how this happened... It's our fault. We're going to repackage, reseal. We're going to extend product to those who are hurt. They, they, did, they went the second mile and then some. And the people were saying, it's over for Johnson & Johnson. They're going under because this, this is going to wipe them out. It's such a catastrophic mistake. But because they stood up, took ownership, took responsibility, said, we're going to fix this. They weren't an Enron. They said, we did it wrong. We're at fault. We'll fix this. Instead, of they, their company went down for a bit. But if you would have invested $1,000 back then before the mistakes, it would be worth $22,000 today. Today, Johnson & Johnson is one of the most trusted brands in North America. Because why? Because they stood up and said, hey, you know what? Yeah, we made a mistake. We're going to fix it. So that was huge for them. And it still works as well for us today. Number six, we've got to move on here. Do we have any more thinking more than talking? More thinking than talking, recognizing their mistakes. Okay, great. Let's go to number six, joyful. This one might surprise us. Avoid complaining and self-pity. Proverbs fifteen fifty. when a man is gloomy, everything seems to be wrong. When he's cheerful, everything seems right. That's a good verse. Let's just stop and think about this for a bit. If somebody, let's say... You're, you, you have a company, and you ask somebody to do something in your company. And you say, um, can you 
take care of this assignment? And they go, oh, oh, I guess so. if I have to, I'll, I'll go do it. Yeah, I'll go do it. And they kick the can as they leave. And now, do you really trust they're going to do a good job? You're probably thinking, I'm going to have to go back and check to make sure that was done right. Because chances are they only did half a job on it. And you're kind of taking a deep breath. But if they said, hey, can somebody do this? They go, hey, I'll do it. Can I do it? I love to do it. I love doing that. I love getting in there and doing that job. Yeah, let me add it. You go, whew, okay, go do it. Chance, you're just, chances are they're going to do it and then some. So being joyful actually makes you more trustworthy. The way we smile, the way we hold ourselves, the way we conduct ourselves, people put more trust in us. But if it's gloomy, grumpy, gloomy, I slept last night upside down in a post hole. My life's not very good. He's kind of, there's a fragrance. I'm just going to avoid that smell. And you, and you go to somebody that's got a different fragrance. Philippians 3 verse 1. Whatever happens, my dear brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. Whatever happens, rejoice. So this is our assignment as Christians. We should be rejoicing. It was bad, but I'm rejoicing. I have something still to be thankful for. Something about being thankful that reflects, comes through us, making us more trustworthy. Billy Graham once said, I've never seen God use a discouraged person yet. Think about that. I've never seen God use a discouraged person yet. There's something about someone who's got courageous, got a spring in their step. Yeah, let's go do it. You trust people with that. Number seven is accountable. That came up earlier in our uh, text. Accountable. Able to face the tough issues and answer for your actions. That was certainly the Johnson & Johnson or the Tylenol case. Galatians 6, 1 to 3 says, Live creatively, friends. If someone falls into sin, forgivingly restore him. Now, in order to be restored, you have to be accountable and allow yourself to be restored. Accountability really ups your trustworthiness. Because, for, you know, if you have somebody who says, well, I'm accountable to my shareholders. Well, that I, I trust them more. Or I'm accountable to my mentor. Or I'm a, if you're an AA, I'm accountable to my sponsor. You, you trust them more because they're holding themselves accountable. Accountability raises your trustworthiness. If you're like, no, I do this all by myself. I don't answer to anybody. I do my own thing. It actually lowers your trustworthiness. So accountability is a huge part, as was on the screen earlier, to uh, having ourselves being trusted. Uh, Number eight. Do we have some more up here? A good cooker. (laughs) All right. That's, That's very good. A good cooker. I'm trying to figure out how to weave that in the message. I'm not sure, but right about now, I am hungry. So, yeah, a good cooker. That's, that's, yeah, that's good. Good cooker. All right. Number eight, attentive. This is a huge one in being, building a trust. And this is basically listening, listening long enough to understand. Here's your memory verse for the week. James 1, verse 19. Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all, that would be all of us here this morning, all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. So quick to listen, two ears, one mouth, for a reason. We should be listening more than we should be talking. When somebody really listens to you, and, you know, they're not doing this, 
Yeah? Yeah? Oh, really? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's just a sec. Got to get this. Yeah? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's good. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's not listening, right? No. I think we have to have almost new etiquette when it comes to listening in the day of smartphones and communications. Because and, if I'm talking to somebody and in the middle of it they say, they don't, even, they don't even say anything. They just pick up their phone and they start talking on the phone. And I just disengaged. I, my trust level dropped when that happened. And so I think when we're listening and we want to build trust, we need to be totally engaged Hearing, not just listening to that person, but listening for the person, for what matters to them. I'm not finishing their sentences. That lowers trust. If somebody says something, you think they're going to say this, so you just finish the sentence for them. No, I'm really listening to what's going on in your life. When that happens, we listen well. Trust goes up. Hugely, and not just trusting, not just listening with our ears, but with our body. You know this already, but body language is 55% of communication. And so if you're like this, and somebody's talking to you, you know they're not really listening. But if you're engaging, eye-to-eye contact, I think that was up there already. That really speaks well. Okay, number nine, we've got to wrap this up. This is the last one. If you want to be trustworthy, you have to be trusting. Because being trustworthy... There's a reciprocal principle involved here that when I extend trust and being vulnerable doing that, trust comes back my way. God extended huge love, huge trust to us. You know, this still kind of, I can't get my head around this, and I don't know if I ever will. How much trust God has in me that he would allow me to be the temple of the Holy Spirit. I mean, what is more precious than the Holy Spirit? This is God saying, David, I will actually let myself, God himself, I'll let that dwell in you. So I am the temple of the Holy Spirit. That's a lot of trust. He trusts us with the gospel message. He didn't give it to the angels. He gave it to us. He, he, so, he extends trust to us, and we reciprocate the trust back to him. Thank you so much for listening to the Coastal Church Audio Podcast. We hope that today's message has inspired you to live in a life fully devoted to following Christ. Be sure to check out our website for other ways to watch, listen, or share this message. For more information, go to coastalchurch.org.